Welcome to Podcasts for Future CFO, a society production, where we discuss, argue, and debate technologies, practices, and issues important to organizations in Asia-Pacific. In our episode, C-Suite Strategies for Monetizing Data, we look at the conundrum facing business leaders, how do we monetize the data we are amassing today? Our guest expert for today has over a decade of experience in the areas of data analytics and machine learning. He has held senior management positions in data science, technology, and operations. His work in the area of data refinery and analytics has won an award for best industry solution in Singapore. He is, for all intents and purposes, my go-to guy when it comes to data. Please welcome Mr. Murphy Choi, Executive Director at Mac Edutech. Now let's cut to the chase. The digital economy has spawned the birth of data science and a new role, that of a chief data officer. What do we need to know about data, data science, and analytics? Right. Now, the chief data officer role is a very, very new role. In fact, the role came into existence about five to six years ago. And the role is focused on how to maximize the benefit of data from an organization. And this is very closely related to the explosion of technology uh, that specializes in handling a huge amount of data. And that indirectly spawns data science and analytics, which is the application of modeling techniques to data in order to derive insight and benefits for the organization. So, in order for a person to sort of understand what a chief data officer does, the most important thing is to first understand the data, the application of the data, and what is the strategy to make data work harder for the organization. Let's step back a bit though. What is data strategy? Why do we need it? Very simple. Very often, you know, people ask a very simple question. Are we talking about data? Or are we talking about strategy? And this is something that um, there has been an ongoing concern among chief data officer in most organizations. And it is important to realize that data is actually the end goal in a data strategy. And strategy is the process or the plan in order to get to that end goal, which means that data is the driver of the strategy. And it is important for you to have a good data strategy because in order for you to have data that you can use and data that benefits your organization, you will need to have the proper plans in order to visualize what you want at the end of the journey and what are the steps you need to take in order to have the data itself. Hence, a data strategy is essentially a plan that allows you to reach your end goal of getting the data in the right state for the organization. And there are many different types of strategies. We're not talking about just strategies in the sense of just, you know, planning things out. There are different strategies such as the build and transfer strategy. That's, that's the test and scale strategy. There is also the pain and treatment strategy or even things like the data triage 
and their break and fly strategy. So there are actually many different types of data strategy. It really depends on the end, end state of the data and how the chief data officer wants to reach the end state and the amount of resources that the chief data officers is provided with. Who should lead a data strategy? Well, it is difficult to get a good chief data officer. It's even harder to get uh, somebody who is willing to take the job. And what we notice about the chief data officer is that there are many chief data officers who rotated out of the job, the job in 18 months' time because of the lack of progress in terms of the deliverables. And it is something that is understandable from a corporate perspective, but at the same time, it is something that is disturbing because a data strategy takes time to be put in place and takes time to have an effect on the organization. And 18 months is a very, a very short time period. Hence, there are a lot of questions about whether or not the chief data officer should be a separate job or could be subsumed under one of the existing C title. So among the practitioners, many of us have this saying. We always say it's never the CFO, it's always a CEO, preferably a CIO, ideally a CDO, and perhaps you can make do with a CTO. So there is this very funny statement that we talk about all the chief, chief, chief officers. And the reason for that is that the finance officers usually are too accounting focused and they run the risk of the technology aspect of the project running around, running in circles around the CFOs. In fact, I am, I saw a couple of projects where the data strategy went awry because it was subsumed under the CFO and the CFO had no idea about the technological implications of the data strategy itself. Now, execution is everything, and being the boss helps matter. So if you are the CEO and you are taking on the CDO role as well, you can be assured that because of the fact that you are the boss in charge, you can push through a lot of the agenda, and so long as you have good advisors, you can execute a pretty good data strategy. What are the components that go into a data strategy? Oh, there are plenty of things that make up a data strategy. And in fact, the first two things you need to understand is what is the business model? What are the drivers of the business itself? Okay, why is these two factor critical? Now, depending on the business model, you can be a very revenue-driven model or you can be a very revenue-insensitive model. An example, a bank or retailer will be a revenue-driven organization as compared to a healthcare or government sector where revenue generation is not as critical as compared to other organizations. So the business model is a very important aspect. Now, the second factor that you need to look at is the driver of the business. I use a business that is primarily driven by consumer market or are you a business that is driven from a regulation viewpoint? So if you are from a healthcare viewpoint, you are from a banking viewpoint or an insurer viewpoint, you are highly regulated. If you are a retailer, e-commerce, technology company, then you are primarily not regulated business. 
And that will help to shape a lot of your strategy itself. So if you are a weak, in a weak regulatory environment, okay, and you have very strong revenue um, requirements, then you are suitable for what we call the offensive data strategy, where you tend to be focused on marketing and just going out there to maximize the benefit of the data by increasing the ROI of every data strategy investment. So you are just focused on the revenue generation. And your data strategies are primarily offensive driven. As compared to things like, for example, your bank, where you have a strong revenue driver, and yet at the same time, you have very strong regulatory requirement. Under those situations, you tend to do sandboxing strategies, where you sandbox a lot of your projects to test them out to see the efficacy of these data strategies, and then you scale up these projects to help you to generate more revenue within a controlled environment that is slowly exposed to the regulatory requirements. Now, on the other hand, if you are not revenue-driven, you are a service-driven organization like healthcare and public sector, then depending on your regulatory viewpoint, you have a more defensive view of things. So, for example, if you have strong regulatory requirements, and at the same time, you have weak revenue demand, like healthcare or government, you are suitable for defensive strategy, where everything you do has to be accountable, and everything you do is focused on mainly satisfying the regulatory requirements. So your data strategy is more of regulatory-driven data strategy, and you have to do whatever it takes to cover the regulatory side. And in, in, in the case of uh, an organization that has very rich regulatory requirements and doesn't really need the money. An example will be something like Alphabet, where even though they are revenue-driven, they are actually not really that driven by money now because of the huge amount of cash power, or even for that matter, Apple. These are organizations where they are suitable for another type of strategy called monopoly experimentation, where they try to experiment with new data products, new data ideas, to monopolize a subsection of this market in order to maximize the profit from the market itself. There's a Harvard Business Review article that says only 20% of the data science models that get built will actually get implemented. So why do data strategies fail? Very often, the data strategy fail for a variety of reasons, but you could typically summarize them in four main um, categories. You can summarize them into four main categories. The first main category is something called underestimation. And this is something that happens very often when the project is driven by the CFO. Underestimation. What happens is that the CFO will say, oh, you know, this is the technology that we need, this is the manpower we need, and I suspect that we have over-budgeted. Let's cut the budget. And they underinvest, and they realize that oh, you know what? This in this particular project, there is a need for five hundred terabytes of hard disk. But in actual reality, they needed three petabytes of hard disk. Now that is almost sixfold increase in hardware, and that cost is a lot of money. And because of that, there is a lot of underestimation. And when you have budget overruns, 
you cannot justify the ROI, you get into all sorts of trouble. Mm. Now, in the second category, this is what we call overpromise category, where usually the CIO or CTO will overpromise things and you typically overpromise the benefits of the project and, and the requirements and convince everybody to get on board. And at the end of the journey, nobody gets anything. Now, this has happened in a couple of projects I've seen. And generally, what happens is that even though the chief data officer have an idea of what is needed, they typically didn't really execute it. And that's the reason why execution is so important. And that is why one the project will generally fail. Now, the next two reasons are quite similar. Usually, the other reason is an organization reason, where there are a lot of organizational inertia, such as legacy technology and, and incompatible business practices. And the last reason generally that happens is that the senior management doesn't have the right level of commitment to make the project a success. So generally, data strategy fail when you have one of these four situations. How does an organization craft a workable, business-centric data strategy that even my mother can understand? Generally, I would say that look at the cost, okay? So always look at the cost of how much you're going to pay out for a particular data strategy because sometimes the cost is something that people underestimate Okay, and you have to make a pretty good justification of cost. And it's like buying the, 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 the iPad or the, the iPod that every, every, for your personal use. Before you buy it, you really have to justify it. And you have to actually actively measure the ROI. When you buy and invest in something, always measure what you want out of it. If it doesn't meet what you want out of it, or you have no clear idea of what you want out of it, don't invest in it. Second thing, be aware of your business. If you're not aware of your business, you don't know which of the four quadrant that you are in, you don't know which strategy you take. Whether your offensive strategy, which means that you cannot you can just ignore the governance of things and you can focus on the revenue of things, as opposed to a healthcare where you need to be strong on the regulatory side and not so much on the revenue side. That's the second part. Thirdly, you need to have organizational consensus. If you cannot overcome the organizational inertia, the strategy will fail. So which means your third piece of the pie is to, well, the third pillar will be to get the people in the organization to agree with you, to work with you, and to see the benefit, and to be and to actually reap the benefit of the investment that they have done with you. That will be what will be a successful data strategy. Huh. And that will be something that will make data strategy a success in most organizations. We are almost at the end of this and I still need us to tackle the topic of for which we started this podcast. How do I monetize my data? Is there an ROI involved? You could say that from an internal viewpoint, you will have monetized data for the organization because you get the ROI out of it. And very often, a lot of data strategies don't really look at the ROI. They just say, let's buy this technology, let's this happen. But 
what is the benefit? Nobody is measuring the benefit. Now, so when you can do an internal um, benefit, and you can benefit your internal stakeholders, then that is a form of internal monetization. Now, whether or not you could do an external monetization is something that depends on your business model. So companies like, for example, um, Experian, Google, Adobe, they are famous for external data monetization where they take their data from the customer, their client, monetize, uh, build data products around it, monetize it and sell it to others. So that will be what we call external monetization. But if you could execute a good data strategy, typically you will have good internal data monetization. As we come to the end of this pod chat, let's recap for our audience. What do we need to remember when putting together our data strategy? Always remember the cost, evaluate the benefit, get consensus, be ready to learn. Murphy, it's been a pleasure having you here with us. Thank you for sharing your insights on how to monetize data strategies. Hopefully, this discussion will help our C-suite audience better understand what a data strategy means to their organization, particularly when trying to craft one that works for their business. To our audience, we've reached the end of another episode of Podchats for Future CIO. As always, please like this podchat if you found it interesting and relevant to you. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in future episodes, do email us at editors at society.com. As always, I'd like to invite you to connect with us at futurecio.tech and don't forget to sign up for, for our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.